passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hi, everybody. I'm Cassidy, one of your Indianapolis Colts cheerleaders, and you're watching the Believe in Colts podcast. What's going on, Colts Nation? This is Believe in Colts, brought to you by Bet Online. I'm Lawrence Owen. With me, as usual, is my guy, Gerard Powers. Gerard, that was an excellent week of college football this past week. Did you get your fill? I did, man. Uh, I told you uh, last pod, everything's starting to feel normal again. So uh, with, with some of the, the, the college football craziness uh, that's happening on opening weekend, uh, kind of happy football season is back. So uh, I definitely watched college football all last weekend. <laughs> yeah, I got to watch some too with some boys, uh, some friends of mine. Uh, we, we all kind of hung out online and, and, and watched some streams and stuff and watched a few games, watched the IU, uh, comeback victory. And, uh, we watched the, the Notre Dame, uh, o OSU game. Um, are y'all big IU fans? Uh, around here, there's, there's a few of us, right? Okay. There's a few uh, of not How did the running back do? Shivers, number eight. I know he got killed one play, uh, <laughs> one fire, but but how did he did he make any plays? Uh, yeah, that's that's a that's a good uh oh good, good good friend of mine. Well, I guess I'm more of a mentor of his. That's my guy. Okay, okay. Um, I I'm not a hundred percent sure. I don't remember all of the whole game because I didn't get to watch the whole game because I came in uh, about okay. about uh I don't know about a halfway through the game, but. Um, actually, I could look it up, uh, oh, just to cool. see. You don't have to. Don't all right, all right, all right, because that's that's a good question, man. Uh, I would like to know myself a, now. Yeah, I want to say he's a starting running back. I was just wondering if he had a big game or not. All right. Well, uh, well, I mean, just the fact that they won that's that's big, you know. Um, that's that's a the the way they came back and won was something that was just kind of shocking in my opinion that the the last drive of the game come back to win the game was was pretty big in my opinion uh, uh it, it kind of blew twitter up quite a bit uh, a lot of a lot of people that that i follow and follow me on twitter was was all over the place talking uh about how iu wasn't they didn't have a chance by the way they were playing the last couple drives of the game Mm -hmm. and then they came back and won it, you know, and uh, they kind of went away from the run uh, on the last drive, went went to the, the shotgun, you know, four wide setup, and they threw the ball very, very well. So, you know, that was – Okay, IU, I see you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so going into this this episode, 
we got week one and uh on the um getting ready to happen this weekend obviously that's huge for the nfl um man there's a ton of games that i'd love to watch obviously we're going to be covering uh the colts and texans for the most part um on thursday uh on on our breakdown video today we'll probably touch a little bit on it as you were talking about earlier uh but First and foremost, I just want everybody to know that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head over to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B L E A V 5 0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. So I dropped a, a little questionnaire, and there's questions on here about uh, multiple things. Basically, just general questions for the Indianapolis Colts uh, for you and I, and we're going to go ahead and jump into them real quick and see what, see how this uh, conversation goes from there. Uh, Colts loyalist 56 drops a question says, what's the biggest difference between what we should expect week one from the D and say week eight from the D, you know, aside from possible injuries and things of that nature. Uh, in my opinion, I will probably say it's the uh, ironing, ironing out like the chemistry and the details of everybody's role. Uh, when you start week one, it, it's almost like you got, a, I guess, a blank canvas as an artist, if you want to use this uh, kind of analogy. You got like a blank canvas and uh, you want to start off strong. So the guys that the coaches got in place, the starters, the schemes, the different grouping, the get the different packaging, you're just hoping that, uh, you know, everything hits how you think it's going to hit uh, as far as your strategic, far as you strategically putting guys in position to make plays, um, you know, and that's what everybody's hoping. Everybody's hoping to just get off to a fast, quick start. Uh, not, not a lot of mental mistakes. You want to keep the mentals down. So the, the thought or the plan that you got going into the season, you just hope you got everybody in the right place and the high hopes that you got for each player, you hope becomes true, uh, considering that everything counts now. So you hope that smart linebacker that you might have starting, that's been great all camp. Uh, transitions to the season and and having a great start to the season. So you just hope everything's in place how it's supposed to be in place. Compared to week eight, you are who you are. Uh, you know, seldom do, you know, teams just change in the middle of the season. Uh, teams do get better as the season get on. But by week eight, everybody's going to have a clear picture of, you know, who can do what, what this team look like. You know, are you a good defense, bad defense? You know, it's a, it's a, it, you're going to be who you're going to be at the end of the day. So uh, you just hope right now that everybody start off fast. Yeah, and in my, the way I look at it, uh, I when you have 
a new defensive coordinator with a new group of guys starting off fast could be legitimately something that will happen, right? Because there's not a lot of tape with this DC with his schemes or any other thing that he's doing with these new group of people. So, you know, teams week one are, are kind of guesstimating basically what's going to come at him, right? Offense or defensively. So, yeah, in a in a sense, but at that same token, uh, when we're talking about professional sports, like like Gus, it don't matter if Gus was here, you know, another place. Uh, you got plenty of film to study strategically X and O's, what the scheme is, what he likes. Uh, because as a coach, you are who you are, uh, just like players. And then there's plenty of film, you know, obviously on our guys and what they can do skill set wise. So when we you're talking scouts and coaches getting together to put up a game plan you can kind of get some data from some different places to kind of get an expectation on how guys is going to play in a certain system or how they're going to look in a certain scheme. So just um, I'm, I'm not trying to disagree with the the point because you are right, because that, that first start of the season, it is some kind of guesstimating that you're expecting, you know, them to do certain things, but you're not really sure yet just because mm-hmm. there's no film on this group in particularly. Uh, but you have an idea uh, I guess on on how things are gonna go because, like I said, you know, Gus been in the league for years, so he has a clear, I guess, rap about who he is as a coach and what type of scheme he is. And then you just add that with the skill set players that the coach have, and you just put formulate a plan together off of what you see and um, and, and analyze. So, uh, something else that I, I we're gonna kind of build off that a little bit here. The Colts also have John Fox. Right. And that's the, you know, people forget about that. You know, it's always so focused on, on Gus Bradley because obviously he's, you know, the commander in chief of this defense, but John Fox is here to be a guy to, to, to bring in his own wisdom and and stuff as well, to be there to assist Gus Bradley. Uh, Will that throw some wrinkles in, into what, you know, other teams might be expecting and, and, and what the Colts might produce out on the field? Uh, no, I, w- I wouldn't say that would throw a wrinkle in what other teams expect, but I will say it, it's going to throw wrinkles as far as what Gus Bradley can do. I mean, anytime you can have somebody like John Fox on your staff, uh, just basically an extra set of eyes, an extra set of ears, you know, somebody that uh, you trust and, you know, he, he's got a good rap around the league, been in the league for years, experienced it all, played on some Super Bowl teams, and I mean, coached on some Super Bowl teams, you know, just got a good rap as a coach uh it's always to have you know just somebody on your side that can kind of keep you sharp if that makes sense see things coming before it happened um and and i think he's going to be you know a, a great value or asset to this team this year it wouldn't be no different than you know how um uh gosh my man uh my man he was the quarterback coach uh for indy forever i just went blank dead uh and now he's with the 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 bucks helping out with ba and and everybody over there um geez coach offensive coordinator from peyton days i just went blank dead he's been coaching a panel for- no no, uh, no 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 it talks like oh <laughs> Talks real slow. Uh, I forget about it. I just went blank dead. Um, but kind of like him, you know, he's always was just an extra set of offensive ears that just knew the game. So when B.A. was making calls or B.A. didn't see things, you know, right, he had somebody on his side to keep him sharp. 
the name's gonna come to me in a second though. I, I, okay. Okay. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe. <laughs> I'm, uh, there's we've had so many coaches, and it's it's hard for me to remember every single one of them off the top of my head and know the exact dates that they were there for. Uh, so. Uh, those of you listening, I apologize. Uh, it is <laughs> it is what it is when it comes to that. Um, let's see here. Let's get to the next question then and move on from that one. Tom Williams. Uh, Tom Moore. That's his name. Tom, Tom Moore. Jeez. <laughs> I completely forgot he was on the Bucks. Freaking legend. Tom Moore. I completely <laughs> forgot he was on the Buccaneers. Wow. All right, um, yeah, and that kind of kind of hurts a little in, in a little bit inside because yeah, yeah. And I remember when I found that out, and I was like, no. But well, he was in Arizona as well. So yeah, when, when I played in Arizona, and BA was the coach there. You know, he BA hired him as like an analyst or offensive assistant, but he was really just an extra set of eyes and ears to keep BA kind of sharp or or ahead of the curve. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, so Tom Williams uh, wants to know: Does Gerard believe that Gilly Lock can get back to the way he played in 2019 when he when he was Defensive Player of the Year? Why do everybody think Gilly Lock just <laughs> fell off or had a bad year? He came off of off an injury, uh, and it was after six games. And then, if you watch the film, I know the Panthers won good, and the Panthers didn't have a good year last year, so things can get kind of misconstrued. But when you watch the film, Gilly still was Gilly. I don't understand. I mean, every year you're not going to have the 10 picks and the, you know, all the statistics. But if you look at the film, he was still matching up with the number one receivers and still doing his part uh, as winning the share of his battle. So I think Gilly's going to have a great year. I, I don't I haven't seen the drop off that I guess everybody else is uh, talking about or what they saw last year. I mean, he might not have had the the defensive MVP type of year last year. Again, he was coming off injury, but he for damn sure didn't have a bad year last year, just in my opinion. Well, I mean, like you said, he missed all those games coming back from an injury and still made the Pro Bowl. I mean, that's something, right? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Credit. (laughs) Uh, Also, I mean, reports out of camp, and when I say reports, I mean my own eyes. Uh, (laughs) Stephon Gilmore has been locked down. Uh, now, has he been beat a couple times? Yes, but they Which were. Every corner can. You yes. know, you go to practice. Yeah. Every corner is getting beat at practice every now and then. But, but we'll see on Sunday. But, but for the most part, yeah, he's been locked down. I mean, come on, guys. Uh, we, we will see. You're right. We will see on Sunday, right? Um, another question coming in here from Rondo wants to know, with this Colts team, in your opinion, beat the all-time Texans team on a neutral field? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's it's any given Sunday, so uh, anything anything can happen. But when you're talking about all-time, you know, versus a current team, I mean that you're talking about. I don't. I, I'll have to. I'll have to see that on paper, but uh, but I'm not sure because the Texans came around. What year? What year? You know they they haven't been around like too too long. So no no they came 
they came in right about the same time uh, the Texans. Now, we're just talking Texans, not Houston in general, right? Because if we're going back to the Oilers, then n- there's yeah, no way. Talking, <laughs> talking, yeah, Oilers, we got to go to, you know, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah and you got North Warren yeah, Moon and all them guys, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, no. I, yeah, that's interesting. That's, I've never had anybody ask a question like that. I that yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you go all time Colts, uh, all time Indianapolis Colts versus all time Houston Texans, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean Colts uh, hard. Um, but just this team, you got the Houston Texans have had some pretty solid dudes on that team. JJ Watt in his prime may have been the best defensive end in football. I mean, <laughs> Foster. Yeah, Arian Foster was on that team. You know, uh, they've had a lot of. Andre Johnson, yeah, uh, they they've had some very very good players on on the Houston Texans. Um, no, no matter, I mean, yes, I understand the Indianapolis Colts right now have a ton of talent on this team, and and all that. But I, it, no. it's hard it's hard to beat an all time team, yeah, even no. even even if that all time team is only twenty some years old, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some guys that was at the best of their positions at certain parts of their careers there. Uh, so yeah, for sure, Glover Quinn at safety. Yeah, uh, yeah, Brian Cushing and them boys they had at linebacker for those years. You know, they had they has they've had some good good players. Yeah, absolutely. Whitney Merciless when he was uh, mm-hmm. um, yep. and his prime was pretty darn good. So. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to go that, that route with you. I'm just going to have, nah, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> Sunday, anything. Yeah. Any given Sunday. Yeah. Uh, every week there, there were times last year where, you know, the, you would think that, you know, I mean, Jacksonville beat Indianapolis week 18, right? Uh, right. Jacksonville right. beat Buffalo. So, you know, uh, in, in a, one of the ugliest games of the year last year, they beat Buffalo. So, right. um, yeah, you're right. Any given Sunday. Uh, B-Ball Pro 1800 asks, uh, which side of the ball is easier to look mid-season form early, offense or defense? Defense. Because, um, like I said, offense is about kind of building. Like, you never see an offense look great early on. I mean, you just go back and just look at the history. I mean, yeah, you might see teams look great one week and then maybe two weeks and then that third or fourth week they kind of have a kind of up and down little spurt, but defensively, you you put in your playbook, the entire playbook within the first week of camp. That's how kind of fast the defense moves just because everything's a little bit simplified or it's kind of easier to pick up when it comes uh, to learning a defensive system rather than offense and everything's precise. You got to depend on so many other factors and, and uh, things like that. So uh, definitely defense. Defense should, should definitely be ahead of the curve as far as playing, uh, I guess, in top-tier form and what you expect uh, sooner than the offense. You just want your offense hot late in the year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, defense, defense early on uh, – Defense in the running game, kind of establish, especially with this team, right? Defense and running game, establish yourselves early in the season. Um, even though Matt Ryan and this offense has had the entire offseason to actually work well together, you know, unlike last year where Carson Wentz was m- missed the entire um, preseason, training camp, all that, he's still, you know, 
they didn't have a lot of in-game looks, right? I mean, they, yeah. they had two practices with the Lions, and then they had, what, a quarter uh, in the third game that they, they ran for the most part. Uh, I, I still expect a little bit of uh, trying to, you know, get to know each other on the field uh, week one in that aspect of, of you know, um, knowing what the player is going to do at that at a specific time when it comes to throwing the football. But the running game and defense should definitely, um, in my opinion, you know, from what I've seen in the past, kind of light up a lot earlier in the season than what a passing game would. Uh, Plus, um, it's your, your, I mean, you're going against the best in the world now. You know, you're not going against, you know, backups or mm-hmm. um, or situations to where just not they don't have their best guys. Like, you're going against the best people in the world. We're talking about billionaire franchises that want the best product on the field and, and want to win. So these are the best players they could possibly find at the moment, you know, to put out there. So, of course, offensively, you know, it takes it takes some time. Now you got like I said, Matt Ryan and the offense might go out there Sunday and look great, but early on you just can't expect that week in, week out until some you kind of go through some rough patches, which I think we will. Now when I say rough, you'll just see some chemistry type uh, issues early on until you know things get clicking or things are weld oiled like a machine. So you're right, defense definitely easier to kind of. I guess, get that thing going uh, compared to the offense. Aaron Scott Cornell drops a question. Um, with him being now on the 53-man roster, do you think that we will ever see a Wildcat set play with Sam Ellinger? Enjoy your week. <laughs> we are not going to see Sam Ellinger this season. I hope we do not see Sam Ellinger this season. Sam Ellinger on Sundays might not dress out even though he's on the fit, he made the 53 man. Uh, I'm pretty sure on Sunday uh, they're going to just use two QB spots uh, as far as to, to dress out and use that other dress out spot for another position in need or, or, or whatever the case may be. So for, for Colt fans sake, you are, you will be happy if you're not, if you do not see uh, uh, Sam Ellinger play this season, that means that something's bad has happened to our QB room. So just be happy that, you know, we got a QB that's developing and heading towards the right direction. And hopefully sometime soon he might be the face of the coach. But for right now, let's just continue to try to get this guy better. And uh, it's going to be on the scout team. We, we do not want to see him in season. I mean, we've had two quarterbacks go down, and that's never a good sign for a team. No, and also, if, if you have to break out the Wildcat formation because you think you need that to win a game, then again, we're that's not a situation you want to be in, I'm right? Not putting, I'm not putting Sam in for a wildcat. I might, I might tell Jonathan Taylor, "How about you get at QB for a wildcat?" Before I tell Sam or Hines, yeah, or Hines, yeah, yeah, or Hines. <laughs> um, uh, or, or, or how about Jelani Woods, who was a quarterback in college, right? Yeah. You know, so that's that's interesting. Um, but yeah, I've talked about this. Earlier this week, actually, with a bunch of uh, uh, guys, uh, friends of mine over on my Discord, where we want to see a whole bunch, like every week, 
you have the the your inactives list and and you want to see that pool of names that are not out because of injury right (laughs) that's 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 it we want to see sam on there because you know you know injury there's no injury so he he, there's no reason for him to be on the list right so you're right that's that's yeah if, if sam's out there on there because you know he's that it's because somebody got hurt and that's that's not a good sign it's not a good sign at all um what changes uh colt loyalist asked a second question here uh and we got time so what changes do you think that uh coach bradley will implement to allow his d to stand out from his past defenses Good question, I guess. I know, but uh, the Gus Bradley from my era was considered one of the top defensive uh, top defensive coordinators in, in the league. So even though maybe the past couple of years his defense might not have performed to his standards, uh, he still is an elite defensive-minded uh, coach. Uh, so changes – I don't know what changes. Maybe he gets better in his play call. I don't know how he evaluates himself and uh, making himself uh, better. But sometimes it's about the Jimmys and Joes, the, the the guys that you have on defense that make coaches great. And when you look at the guys that we have on defense, we have some potential superstars, some some guys that can uh, – we, we have stars, don't get me wrong, but we got some other guys that's kind of starting to – get on the scene and uh can can blossom into some superstars as well so uh when you got the jimmies and the joes uh normally your coaches are gonna look good so i think with our defense and the stars we got they're gonna make gus look good no matter what what call he makes well back in 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 your day i I, just when you had to like study film and stuff was he did, did he run a uh, much man because i think this this team i think he's even discussed it even with me that he will probably run a lot, a lot of man coverage this season. When I, when I went against him when he was at uh, Seattle, you know, with Richard and you know, and all those boys, yeah, I mean, he had the guys that can play man to man. Even though they were a zone type scheme, mm-hmm. they had a lot of man to man type principles within that that scheme. And uh, and you look at the secondary they had with Earl Thomas and. Uh, Richard Sherman and then Bobby Wagner and all those type of guys, you know, those guys was athletic enough and could run with anybody. So if the situation presents itself, I don't think Gus is scared at all to play man to man because we got guys that can play man to man coverage. Yeah, I like I like Gus when I uh, when I was down there at training camp and and we was we was uh, discuss talking. He's kind of very personable, right? He's a guy that you can really approach and talk. Yeah, he's very 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 open with himself he doesn't seem like off-putting at all i really like how he presents himself uh out there but that's good insight um it's good to know because uh i mean i think everybody in in the entire nfl knows that 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 you know stefan gilmore is is very good at man-to-man so You don't pay Stefan Gilmore, what is it, $12, $13 million for a one-year deal if you don't think he can play. How much, how often do defenses implement a scheme where one guy flows man-to-man with the best the best receiver on the field and the rest of the team uh, runs kind of a zone? Uh, it kind of just depends on the, the D.C., if that's something that he prefers or is that something that he likes. In Seattle – 
Uh, I think Richard Sherman had a couple games or a couple instances to where he might have matched up with the number one guy, but typically he kind of stayed on his side and, and just played played scheme. Um, so if that's something that Gus sees that can help the defense, I think I don't think that you know he'll shy away from putting Gilly in the best situation possible, which that's what he's been doing his whole career is following number one guys and shutting them down. So I can see certain instances or situations Gilly might travel with the one, but typically with Gus, he just plays right and left corner. Okay, and do then they don't they don't travel? Do 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 the uh when when I say travel. Uh, do you, does he follow the receiver, right? Uh, like if he, you got the number one corner, uh, would, would Gilmore move with the number one corner or would he stay on one side? Do you think like, no, it, that's it, what I'm ever, saying. like if, if, the wide receiver, I mean. the white, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Uh, in Seattle with Gus, when he had Richard Sherman and all those boys, I think in certain games, Richard might have traveled here or there, but Gus wasn't typically oh, okay. the guy that, you know, matched up in that type of way. He just had whoever was his right corner play right side and whoever was the left corner play left side. Now, if the, um, I think with Gilly's situation may be a little different. You know, he's been p- traveling with the number one corner his entire career. So I can see Gus if he feels that's what's best for this week is for Gilly to go to the side to wherever the best receiver is, him doing that. But Typically, I wouldn't expect Gus to do that just because he hasn't done it much in the past. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I misunderstood your, your answer there earlier. Um, with the depth the Colts have, another thing that I wanted to bring up when it comes to the defense, you got Brandon Face on and, and um, Rodgers out there on cornerback, right? Uh, yep. Kind of – and and then of course at safety, you know, Nick Cross and McLeod and and, and Blackman, you mm-hmm. got uh, guys uh, just in the backside of the depth. Do you think there'll be a lot of instances where uh, you could see different guys in due to the personnel that they see on the offense, or do you think this is more of a more of a, uh, a a snap count situation where you know people just be relieved due to um you know they need a break um, i think last pod we talked about once the season started you know guys understanding their roles and and that's what just what it is you know you 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 got a you got a role a piece of the puzzle and and you're trying to play your role the best you can to help the team win i think when it comes to the depth when it comes to secondary i think we got some guys that can play still still a few guys that's kind of unproven uh or whatnot with the young guys that's uh, as far as backing up on the safety positions uh in the rookie corner that we have but uh when they show any type of three receiver. If when the offense shows any type of three receiver personnel grouping, typically we're going to go nickel to where um, Kenny Moore slides to the inside and plays a slot, and then that the next best corner comes in. So when you list the corners from one to seven or however many we got on the depth chart, you know it's not just you got a right corner, left corner, and who's the backup left corner, who's the backup right corner. When you just list them from best to worst or however you want to put it, not worse as in you're a bad corner, but from within the group, best to worst, uh, you got Gilly one, Kenny Moore two, then it's number three, you know, so you go like that. So whoever's the next best corner is going to come in and fill that outside corner role. So if they go 
a four wide receiver personnel group and expect another DB to come in and kind of match up uh, with personnel. But if there's any type of base type look, um, you know, it is what it is at the end of the day on who's the starters, who's the backups and who's going to play. Because now you got guys with big roles on special teams. You got guys with big roles within the defense in itself. Uh, so you will see a bunch of guys play, but it's all about based on the availability of the guys in front of them, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely makes sense. But uh, that, that brings up another question because you brought up Kenny Moore. And last year, Kenny Moore led the team and I think was top five in the NFL when it came to percentage of snap defensive snaps. Yeah. Like It was like 98%. Yeah, he'll probably uh, play every snap of the game just off of his uh, personnel group. And same with uh, same with Gilly. Like with Gilly being the left corner, the starting left corner, he's not coming off the field anytime the defense out there, unless it's like a big personnel to where there's no wide receivers in the game. Uh, Gilly's going to be on there. And what makes Kenny Moore play so many snaps is, like I said, he's on the starting base defense, meaning. You know, if it's just two wide receivers out there, you got Gilly and you got Kenny Moore and they're out there. And then if you're bringing in other guys, Gilly's not coming off the field by any means, by any stretch. So, you know, he's going to be out there. Uh, that's that's no different, you know, than when I played um, with the coach. I was a starting right corner, but anytime we went any type of sub package uh, players to where wide receivers were coming in the field, I slid in and played the slot. So I rarely came off the field unless it was some type of short yardage situation where everybody knew it was going to be a run. There's no wide receivers in the game, so you needed some bigger bodies. But other than that, you know, if you're a starter on defense, you're, you're probably going to get all of the snaps. So I got a question now. With, with that being said, now I'm a little bit confused and I need an answer. Um, you just basically said that your, your top two corners generally don't come off the field. Right. And your, your defensive lineman, it is no, you need to rotate guys in to give them a break. Why is it that defensive linemen need, need that break and cornerbacks who run constantly don't need that break as bad? Cause they're 300 pounds and they're six, five and their bodies react a little different than us. They're, they, so when you're, th- when you're talking to D line and O line, uh, O-line typically don't come off the field. You know, mm-hmm. those guys, they're, they're on there. D-line is a little different. You you see O-line, and they pull on run plays. They run a little bit stretch-wise, but you don't see them running down the field 40, 50 yards trying to chase a wide receiver just to, you know, make a tackle. D-linemen have to do that, chasing the ball and doing all those things. So they'll get winded. They'll get tired. That's, that's expect, uh, expectations. Uh, when it comes to the skill guys, wide receivers, DBs, you train all the offseason to run. You know, even though you're going to lift weights, you're going to do all that type of stuff, you know at the end of the day, if you can't run, you can't play. So you train your whole body to prepare yourself to be able to run all day. So that's why you see those guys, they don't get tired. They're, they're in the best shape of their lives. They'll, they'll be able to run all day if that's what they have to. Do DBs get tired? Yeah, they get tired, don't get me wrong. It, you might see a guy come out for a play or two every now and then because, you know, depending on the situation, you, you might need a blow. I mean, everybody's human, but it's just not expected for when it, uh, starting secondary guys that come off the field like, You never saw Reggie Wayne come off the field. You never saw Marvin Harrison come off the field. These guys run all day long. So, 
you know, D lineman when you're over 300 pounds and you're sprinting left and right, you're you're fighting another guy that's 300 pounds as well. Then you're trying to tackle a guy that might maybe weighs 180 pounds. Uh, it can get get a little tired trying to chase the rabbit back there a little bit. So <laughs> they, they need a break every now and then. Speaking of that, Darius Shaquille Leonard. Uh, we've we've heard quite a bit about him. Uh, there's been a lot of questions. Um, he is practicing as we know, he started practicing last week. Uh, he is practicing again this week. There is a good, very good possibility. He could start this he's week. Playing. He's, he's playing. Uh, I've been saying this for a while and, and, and yeah, the coach, the coach, they're, they're asking and the coach is like, well, if you know, this and this and this happens. And I'm like, no, he's even, even if he's on a snap count, he's playing, Man, right? He is playing. Man, it is live. These guys are the most competitive people in the world. Like it's it's like when we talked about during training camp, people having. Uh, remember, we said I was like, man, coaches, doctors, everybody have a plan when it comes to certain players coming off injury training camp. I said, it's certain people that you know they don't need to show the coaches, you know, what they can do because we know what he can do. And remember, we was talking about Shaquille's back and all that. I'm not letting him touch the field in training camp. If we're going to have a setback with this back, it's going to be within the season when it counts. We're going to make sure you're healthy as you can be week one. And this is the process. So last week, bye week, pretty much. Everybody's on a bye week last week. Oh, mm -hmm. let's ease you back in there. Get a practice or two under your belt. Go get an interception because uh, we saw everybody, <laughs> you getting a pick and you're bending down and you're doing all those things. We know you feel good, Shaq. This week, game week, he is going to practice today. What's today? Tuesday? They're probably off. The, no, they're probably practicing today. They probably gave him off Monday just because uh, different different week. Um, you're coming off a of bye week, so I'm pretty sure that uh, they probably gave you an extra day as far as on the weekend. Get with your families now. It's the real thing. So they're probably practicing today. And uh, and I bet you that he will probably be on the uh, the report as limited practice, meaning that he probably missed one period uh, of him just sitting out. And then he's going to be limited again Wednesday. And then they're going to say full Thursday, full Friday. He's starting on Sunday. The guy's playing. There's no way that he'll be practicing right now and not going to play. Yeah, uh, I would. Best I, on defense, he's playing. <laughs> I mean, he was he was ranked pretty high in the top 100, so you know yeah. uh, that was that was surprising to me as well. Um, coming, not that he didn't deserve it, it's just surprising that you know with with all the reports of all the other uh, linebackers, you know, like Fred Warner and all them, for him to be the top guy. Now, TJ was higher than him, but TJ's more of a yeah. pass rusher, yeah. right, than an off ball linebacker. It's a lot of beef uh, with linebackers and pass rushers on uh, what what what's their real position. I know Robert Mathis talk about it all the time on yeah uh, him missing some Pro Bowls just because you know certain guys considered linebackers or DNs or however it goes. So yeah, I understand that. Um, one last thing we're going to talk about before we get out of here. I want to know. Um, so there's been a lot of question. The biggest question mark in this entire off season has been the passing game, right? Mm -hmm. Especially when it comes to, is there enough talent, especially veteran talent uh, to be able to be a 
not just effective, but good passing team, even if you do, you know, have a Matt Ryan on your team. I, I think I think we do. I know Tom will tell. I know we will find out soon. But talent, like, do we have the talent? Yes, I do think we have the talent. Uh, I don't. I think I've been downplaying Pittman's success so far. I mean, the guy did have a thousand, over a thousand yards last season. Mm-hmm. No, that's a big deal. Uh, at the end of the day, so we got some guys that that's done it. Some guys that can prove it. You hope Alec can come in and just you know blossom and be another guy, another weapon that we can use right away. You hope that you know he's uh above his learning curve and ready to make some plays. You hope that Parrish uh you know can stay healthy and and be able to show the gifts and the talents that he can bring to this offense. And Matt Ryan for his whole career have made you know a lot of players better than what they really are. You know he's one of those quarterbacks that can make an average player be better than you know what everybody's been been thinking or 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 whatever the case may be. So I expect, you know, Matt Ron to kind of help blossom that room a little bit and 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 make these guys better than like I said, better than uh, you know, maybe what they're what they really can do. But as long as we stay healthy, I think we'll be fine. I think I think we're gonna be okay. I I don't I don't think it's gonna be a concern or it's gonna be big of a deal as people are like really making it out to be. But just like anything else, we will know. We will find out soon. <laughs> Ooh, I got another question. This is more of a player question um, for you. When it comes to fans, obviously, and analysts and stuff like that, we bring up the, can this guy stay healthy? He probably can't. He's hurt all the time. Do players, not the player who's getting hurt, but the uh, uh, you know his teammates, when you're sitting there, you may not say it out loud, but is that in your mind as well? No, nah, players really don't listen to what the media and like when they say that, I know it sounds cliche because every player is like, yeah, we don't listen to the outside. Mm-hmm. Media. Like you really don't in the in the building. There's no TVs around with, you know, posting whatever, you know, what we're saying in the media or what this person said in the media. There's there's nothing around for you to even see it. Uh, the most that you will see is um, highlights on ESPN while you're eating lunch in the cafeteria. And that's if the TV's even on. So a, a lot of a lot of times guys don't even necessarily hear or or read or see some of the things they're talking about now. If they're searching their, their name and you know looking at looking for what people are saying about them and all that, then yeah, it can creep in a guy's head and uh, mess with him mentally. But a, a lot of times these professional athletes, man, they're good at blocking out the noise and staying focused on the task at hand. Uh, I think more so the media, what we what we do and what we get. Uh, from it is the the reactions from the fan base of, of of whatnot. But nine times out of ten, the players that don't read what's written about them, don't hear what's said about them. Um, but the fans sometimes, you know, you got to direct access to players now with social media and all that. So sometimes social media can get kind of overbearing. But you're not just sitting there listening to negative talk uh uh, you've been playing big time college ball in today's world uh you've been you've been on a platform for years now so these guys are kind of used to handling uh the negativity that comes with uh the game nowadays but you're but players are aware obviously right i mean like i'm not talking about what media is saying i'm like like um like if you're on a team and there's a guy that every year gets hurt and is out for the season, gets dropped on IR, you know, within the first four or five games of the season, you know, and then you get into like year four, you know, and you're like, 
you've seen this. Do you think, man, I hope this guy can stay healthy this year because he's got talent, or or no, do you just play, think, play, nah? Players, again, when it comes to players, they're their, you're you're your own business. You're not necessarily worried about the next guy. You want to win, you but you, at the end of the day, you just want to do your job. You want to pay your okay. family, and that's that's kind of the mindset of players. Um, when it comes to the team, I'm not I'm not saying players don't care about winning. That's the ultimate thing. Everybody wants to win, but every player know that when it comes to winning, it comes down to everybody doing their job specifically. And then when it comes to doing your job specifically, that's the reason why you're getting paid. That's the reason why you're you're doing this for a living. So every player is more so focused on themselves how to make themselves better um it's a reason why if a guy is on a 53-man roster at the end of training camp and all that it's a reason why he's there if if if, uh, uh the team feels like a guy deserves that spot maybe he's just that talented but you're not necessarily like if a guy's been hurt three years in a row let's just say Paris, uh for instance you know he's been hurt since he's been in the league there's not there's not guys in the locker room saying like, man, if Parrish, you know, I hope he don't get hurt again. Like, nobody's even thinking like that because everybody's dealing with their own things that they got to deal with within the building in itself. Hmm. That's good information to know. I, I appreciate now, that. Scouts or office, front office type management. And yeah, it might be <laughs> some talk like, man, I hope Parrish can stay because they're looking at it from a, I hope we got all the pieces in place to win mm-hmm. a Super Bowl or to do this or that players looking at it like yeah i want to win a super bowl but i want to feed my family and the only way i can do that is my job at the end of the day being the best that i can at my job all right all right that's good good information coming from a a a former nfl player here guys uh if you're listening to this please make sure you subscribe and download and share to your favorite social media if you're on youtube please hit that like button and uh I think that's going to do it for for today. Um, any any final words here, Gerard? Before we walk out of here, I do not, man. Good day, good pod. It was a good pod. It was actually a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. Uh, I, say that every week. <laughs> I know, right? Once we get started, it goes. All right. So this was Believe in Colts, brought to you by Bet Online. I'm Lawrence Owen. That was Gerard Powers. And until next time, as usual. Go Colts. Do you believe? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.